Depressing individuals, for those who can't stand themselves, want to hurt themselves, curse at the gods for making them a Jets fan, to you, I'm sorry. I feel for you on this day. I understand part of your reason for living is getting excited only to almost enjoy the pain of Jets' misery. Almost to, you know, allow it to become part of your lifestyle. I know it doesn't feel right. I know a 24-22 victory over the Dallas Cowboys has you just completely in the clouds on Monday. It has you crazy. Is that the right word? Mentally unstable? Unhinged? Trying to figure out exactly what's going on in life? Good things can't happen to you. For you, and there's a lot of you, I'm sorry. And it's not your fault. For the other guys, hey, this is just a little glimpse of what Sam Darnold could do. We did a live podcast a couple weeks ago. Still trying to get the live stuff down. You know, I'm no engineer or whatever the word is with all this tech stuff. I learned on the fly. But we did one when Darnold was out, leading up to Philly, asking where would you rank Darnold? Which quarterbacks would you take over Darnold? Or not take over Darnold if you're starting your franchise? And amazingly, I could only there was only a handful of guys I would definitely take over number 14. Of course, you know, a lot of people mocked those choices, like Darnold over Dak Prescott. But after week six, Sam Darnold's grand return to action makes a little more sense. What the kid finish with? 338 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. The pick, and I'm re-watching it right now, the broadcast, just put it on silent in the second half. Um, Broadcast was good with Romo and Nance. Hell of a broadcast. You know, I was in the press box on Sunday, so I had to watch the broadcast today. Haven't gotten to the pick yet, but from what I saw, that pick was just miscommunication. Uh, more bad decision than bad throw. He thought Crowder was going to do a sit instead of a slant out of that bunch or trips look. I forget what it was. I think it was a, I think it was a bunch. Might have been trips. But other than that throw and another near pick in the second half, kid was amazing. Quick decisions, accuracy, energy, and oh my God, what a difference a legitimate NFL quarterback makes. 
You saw it. This is the NFL. The offensive Everyone looked better. The O-line, did, did it play better than it has all season? Probably. And to be honest, I think it played a lot better when Beecham went out and Shell came in at left tackle. I'm not a huge f- fan of Shell. I think Adoga showed some signs. I'm going to start breaking down film tomorrow. But the five-man unit with Shell, I know it didn't generate points, but I actually liked it, especially on the ground. Those are my first impressions. But that's Darnold. Most of the offensive line improving was Darnold, his three-step ability, his reads pre-snap, and that's what this league is. It's a pre-snap league. You think Tom Brady is making these decisions in the pocket on the majority of plays? No. He's a matchup quarterback who makes his decision pre-snap, and and 90% of his decisions, he knows where he's going after the ball snapped. There's that 10% chance where he, where he adjusts, uh, where he scans from primary to first secondary, but that stuff, that stuff, I mean, that's what you're looking for in a quarterback. Wide receiver screens even look better. Why? Because Darnold, the motion is fluid. He gets it off quick. Again, we'll go over the film starting tomorrow, as opposed to Falk. And no one wants to hate on Falk, but, you know, I don't know if you guys are thinking there should have been better results over the last previous three games. I don't know what you're watching. I just truly don't. So, yeah, Darnold's a special quarterback. Nobody should crown him. Do not crown him. Do not crown him like you crowned OBJ. Let me let me rephrase that. Like Giants fans crowned OBJ. Speaking of a Jets audience, what am I nuts? Jets fans crowning OBJ? Don't crown Darnold. He's got a long way to go. But it's obvious. My goodness. Yeah, the O-line was this bad last year. Darnold makes up for so much of it. His pocket presence, his awareness in the pocket, his three-step ability... His quick decisions, that's what happens. That's what happens. And when you see a guy, when, when you are at your lowest point, CBS hammering at home, worst offense versus the best offense statistically going into this game. When you're at your lowest point, and one man, this is not the NBA, this is the NFL, one man makes such a difference to the degree we saw on Sunday you know you got a special guy, or at least the potential of a really special guy. The Jets have their franchise guy. It's up to them to properly develop him, put the right pieces around him, especially in front of him, and make it happen. I still maintain they have the right guy in Joe Douglas as well. And all this brings us to Adam Gase. Yeah, he's not a popular character right now. We know this. He's getting destroyed. Joe and Evan losing their minds. Love Joe and Evan to death. Someone mentioned it on Twitter. Thanking me for being the reasonable voice among a sea of unreasonable Jets onlookers. Love Joe and Evan to death. But they don't know what they're looking at when they're watching these football games. The point has been raised. Did Gase sulk? Did he sulk? Did he give up without Darnold? The casual onlooker will think yes. They'll ask, where are the trick plays? 
where is the stuff downfield? Where's the aggressive nature that we saw against Dallas? Folks, you can't be aggressive if your quarterback can't get the job done. Why be aggressive? Why pull out plays out of the well when your defense and special teams legitimately has a better chance of scoring than your offense does? This is the point. What looked like giving up was actually playing it so conservative that it goes against everything Gase is about. It was probably eating them up inside to have to realize, yeah, all we want to do is punt and hope something breaks. Hope the defense makes a major mistake because that's our best chance of winning, as sad as that may be. But I'll tell you, the easiest thing to do is bash Adam Gase. And if you're one who has bashed Adam Gase, hold up. I said it last week. I've been saying it the past three It's ridiculous to judge this guy based on the last three weeks with the hand he's been dealt. Ridiculous. There's no point. Why do such a thing? This was a team that was beating the Bills 16-3, to a good Bills team. What are they, 4-1? and 16-3 in week one with Darnold, who was playing the game with Mano. They lose him. They lose the backup. Defense is still playing solidly. And we'll get to them later. Greg Williams had an excellent day. And you're going to judge Adam Gase? It makes no sense. You can't be so ridiculous. You can't be so silly to just join the easy discussion and pile on and jump on. What do you think? I wanna, I'm friends with Gase. What do you think? I, I, I think he's the next Lombardi. No. But I'm, I'm objectively looking at it in a realistic viewpoint. That's what you have to do. And the more fans who do that, the more it'll help ownership in the future. So in the game, what do we see? Jets get the ball, get a first down on the first drive, have to punt it away. Dallas picks up a couple first downs, ultimately stopped, and Dak Prescott, folks, was hit early and often. He was on the floor a lot. Now, does this mean the pass rush was excellent? No. No. The four-man pass rush is still non-existent. What it means is Greg Williams blitzed the hell out of Dak Prescott. He brought five and six guys frequently. I would love to see the numbers. I just don't have the time to do a breakdown of how often he blitzed. But I'd have to say close to 50% of the plays, 35-40%. And that's what got to Dak. And when you think about this defense, there are pieces. You know, Leonard Williams, for as much as he's been a no-show, Quinnen Williams, and by the way, Quinnen, it's, it's as clear as day. He's struggling with his size right now at the one technique. He, anytime he could use his athletic ability sideline to sideline as a chase down, a backside defender, is when he really shows what he could do. On that fourth down, uh, the QB power to Prescott that didn't convert in the first half, right before the Robbie Anderson bomb, Quinn and Williams showed 
Jets fandom what he could do. Where he's struggling right now and why you're seeing a lot of Foley Fatukasi is when Greg Williams goes base and Darnold just do that. I just saw the pick um, in the red zone. Yeah, Darnold thought it was a slant for sure. But that's why you're seeing Foley Fatukasi in there when Greg Williams thinks they're going to go between the tackles. And Fatukasi had a tremendous game too. Fatukasi, it's kind of weird. There's different pieces that fit. Fatukasi, McClendon, they're the big guys in the interior who are good against the run. Quinnen, great sideline to sideline. You want him in there to pass rush the quarterback on third down. Same thing with Leonard Williams. Want him to pass rush. He's supposed to be a two-way guy. He is. They implement him, play him like he is a two-way guy. And then on the edge, Jordan Jenkins is the run defender. Basham, Phillips. Phillips is a run defender, too. He's a big boy on the edge. Henry Anderson didn't play, obviously, who's still playing out of position on the edge. But Basham's the pass rusher. Copeland will be a pass rusher. Phillips is a two-way guy. And Phillips looks like he could play, folks. I just wish he was 15, 20 pounds lighter. That would be tremendous. And Jordan Jenkins is the run defender on the edge. They have, the front seven has different roles. And to think they held this Cowboys offense to just 22 points is amazing. Considering Mosley, Avery Williamson, and Henry Anderson were absent. And Hairston too. You know, they caught a lucky break with Amari Cooper going out for the game. I don't trust Tremaine Johnson. I don't think anyone can. Hairston makes a huge difference. But, you know, the first touchdown drive after Dallas, um, what was it? Did they have to punt it on the first drive? I can't remember now. Did they punt it? Yeah, they punted it. Yeah, they went three and out in the first drive. The next play is when they picked up a few uh, first downs. They got a field goal. So after they punted, Jets engineered a 14-play, 83-yard drive. Darnold looked tremendous. The horse collar at the goal line did bail him out a bit. There was that one play where Darnold was dancing and he pump faked three times. Looking at, uh, was it Demarius or Vincent? Uh... Demaris Thomas or Vincent Smith on the slant, and everyone's why didn't he look elsewhere? It was a run. It was an RPO. In an RPO, you have to throw it right away. If you don't, you're going to get called for illegal man downfield. There was an interior lineman five yards down the field. They could have been called. It was close, but in an RPO, if the quarterback doesn't hand it off, he's got to get rid of the ball within two seconds. Has to. So that's why he was pump faking it and just threw it at the feet of the slant. It eventually capped off in a Le'Veon touchdown in which veteran Savvy didn't allow his knee to hit the ground. Two inches. Literally, two inches is all that separated Le'Veon Bell's knees and the ground as he got that ball over for the Jets' third offensive touchdown of the season. Dallas gets the ball back. Hell of a drive by Darnold. Dallas gets the ball back. Eight plays, 43 yards, results in a Maher field goal. Jets get the ball, three and out. Punt. Dallas, five plays. Punt. 
Jets, three and out. Punt. Defense starts taking over. Dallas, here's the turning point of the game. The most crucial moment of the game. 10 plays, 54 yards. They get down in the red zone. Fourth and two. QB power is the call. Now, at practice, Wednesday. I forgot if it was Wednesday or Thursday. Greg Williams, it was evident. He was going around to positional drills, and they were running. They were working on Dak Prescott-related rushing stuff. QB powers, zone reads, read options, um, speed options, anything with Dak. We were working on it in practice. I saw it with my own two eyes. It worked in this game. Because other than the draw for the last touchdown of the game in which Dak scored, the Jets completely shut down the designed quarterback rushes. And credit Greg Williams. Hell of a job. But on that fourth and two, that QB power, Quinn and Williams and Jamal Adams make the stop. Quinn and Williams, he's struggling with his size at the one technique. He is not big enough to play nose tackle in this league. That's why you're seeing Foley Fat Takasi out there, McClendon out there, and Quinn and Williams pretty much on passing downs. He's in rushing downs as well. They're rotating. But where we're really seeing the great stuff from Quinn is when he goes sideline to sideline, when he's chasing down from the backside. And we saw it on that QB power. His speed from the interior is phenomenal. Him and Jamal make the stop. Fourth and two, questionable. Jason Garrett going for it. Could have cut it seven to six. Didn't. The very next play. Play action. Darnold. Now, the first key is pre-snap. What does Darnold do? He's doing something. We heard in Omaha, even. Is it a check with me? Does he change the play? I don't know. But he saw single high. Five-yard corner coverage on the outside. And it was single high with Heath up top, meaning the safeties rotated with the motion pre-snap. So he had the guy he wanted a single high, Heath, as opposed to the other safety. Play action. Nine route. Robbie Anderson, touchdown. 92 yards, brings down the house, 14-3. If we're going to nitpick, Darnold should have thrown it outside shoulder on Robbie Anderson. Throw it a little bit to the inside. Heath just missed it. But guess what? We can't nitpick. Because what Darnold did on that play is he avoided the rush and threw it nearly all in one motion. It was an incredible throw. Jacked up the entire stadium. 14-3. Jets are off and running. Next drive. Dallas, five plays. Punt. I'm sorry. Um, Jumped ahead there. Next play, yeah, it was. Three plays, punt, Jets. Six plays, 65 yards, no huddle, two-minute offense before the half. Griffin start on the play. Tremendous job by Darnold. Again, if Gase, he promised us this, that Darnold would have pre-snap freedom, something he didn't get with Bowles and Bates last year at all. To throw against single high, to call a run or a a mesh shallow cross against too deep. And it's working. He's taking what the defense has given him. And Gase, in this game, had an aggressive game plan. Touchdown, Griffin at the goal line. Griffin had a nice catch on the play before, two plays before as well. 21-3. Now, Cowboys, if the Jets had choked up the lead at 21-3, I'd be upset. 
but they choked it up at 21-6, two possessions. Maher's 62-yard field goal at the end of the first half was big. How many times have you seen a field goal at the end of the first half completely change the momentum of the game? So considering that happened and the Jets still held strong in the third quarter is a positive in my eyes. Really tremendous positive. At the end of the game, Gase was asked if he's disappointed. They choked up the lead and it came down to a two-point conversion. He's pretty much said no. He understands it's the reality of the NFL, and he's right, it is. Maybe some people would like to see more fight. Maybe some people would like to see the quote, Gase wants to step on the throat of the opponent. Whatever. He gave you the truth, and that is the truth. A win is a win, even if it did come close, and they somewhat blew a 21-3 lead, whatever. Third quarter, defense defense goes back and forth. Pretty much nothing happened. The interception early in the third quarter was the big thing. Nine plays, 64 yards. Darnold, interception thrown to Crowder. I think he was expecting a sit from Crowder out of the bunch or trips look. I forget which one it was. Crowder did a slant. Initially, I thought it was a bad pass. It was a bad decision, not a bad pass. It was miscommunication. No matter whose fault it is, Darnold's going to take it on himself. And that's something that you'd you'd love to see. Gase does that too. He knows his offensive line's crap. But guess what? He'll never say it in the public. He'll never say it to to the reporters. So whatever he has, he's not going to throw anyone under the bus. And the fact that no one does this on, does that on this team is a tremendous sign. Uh, Dallas, 10 plays off the interception, 52 yards, missed field goal. Big missed field goal. So it's 21-9. Uh, I skipped over the Maher field goal to open the second half. Fourth quarter, 21-9. 12-point lead. The same exact situation Gase and the Jets faced in week one against the Bills. Up 13, up two possessions in which two touchdowns and two extra points beats them. What do they do? Do you run the ball prematurely? Do you roll into a shell and ask the defense to make a miraculous stop? Or do you throw... Dallas gets the touchdown they need, 11 plays, 84 yards, 21-16. This is the drive of the game. 7 plays, 57 yards, down, I'm sorry, up 5. First play, play action, Gase goes right to the pass on first down, knowing the Cowboys defense is going to be jacked up. Finds Crowder over the middle, I don't know what route it was, kind of like a poster a drag sit, I don't know, but it went for 30. Might have been a scramble drill at that point. Went for 30 after the run. Next play, run with Bell for three. Play after that, throw of the day. The wheel, back shoulder, back shoulder throw to Robbie Anderson on the wheel. Big play. Let's see how, I think he went for 18. Yep, went for 18 on second and seven. They're in business at the 23-yard line. This is where Gase, 4.56 remaining. This is where Gase goes power. He sends in two tight ends. He sends in Jonathan Harrison. So it's a 22 personnel. He runs it once, runs it twice, gets six yards. I'm okay with that. At this point, you're in field goal range. You can go up eight. You know, uh, at the time I was thinking, you know, throw on first down. I don't, don't worry about the clock. You need the touchdown. You don't want it to come down to the defense. This is the way the NFL is today. During the 80s, you could run it three times there, kick the field goal, and rely on your defense because your defense has a hell of a shot of stopping the offense. NFL 2019, that's not the case. 
Not the case with penalties and the way the rules are. But he set up a third and four, a third and manageable. Darnold going to Crowder, kind of an out back shoulder type route. Just misfired a little bit. Low inside. If he, if he went outside a little more, could have had the first down. Could have ended it with a touchdown. Dallas gets the ball back, and this is the drive of the penalties. I think there was five or six straight plays with, plays with penalties, roughing the passer, holding on a screen, three defensive pass interference calls. Uh, last one with Jamal on Witten. Jamal got out of his break so quickly, and he read it so quickly, it hurt him because he arrived to Witten before the ball did. A normal human being, that doesn't happen to. But because Jamal Adams is a superhero, he reads it so fast, it hurts him in the end. If Witten, if that, it's a, if that's a receiver, that's a pick six. Jamal's going the other way. But Witten's so big, Adams can't get around him. And he can't take that chance in that situation. Anyway, it finally results in a Prescott draw for the touchdown. Two-point conversion. Here we go. 24-22. Greg Williams, he didn't blitz much on that last play. He said, enough with this nonsense. I'm sending six. Single coverage everywhere. Inside technique. They know what to do. I'm putting Marcus May on Witten. And Jamal Adams hops from the C gap to the B gap. Or B to the A, I'm not sure. Again, I'm going to watch the film tomorrow. And perfectly times it and gets to Prescott. May, Witten's trying to box him out. Meg does a nice uh, acting job, you know, puts his hands up like, where's the where's the flag? You better not throw a flag on this freaking play. And that's all she wrote. Demarius Thomas, onside kick, by the way. The NFL is ridiculous. How in the world can you not adjust the onside kick going into this year after what the disaster we saw last year? I think Nance said it. It was four plays or four onside, unsuccessful onside kicks since they implemented the new rule where you can't run. Uh, on the kickoff. It's outrageous. Implement a new onside kick. Make it a first and 15. Make a, make it a one play. Got to get 15 yards to get the ball back. Something like that. Anyway, Demary spobbles it. Everyone has a heart attack. He eventually recovers, and that's all she wrote. Takeaways. Listen. I said it in the film breakdowns. Even if Gase had a bad day, even if you didn't like what you were seeing, you can't judge him yet. You'd be a fool to. Luke Falk's not an NFL quarterback. And couple that with the offensive line. He doesn't have weapons either. Robbie Anderson's not a number one receiver. I hate to break the news to you. He's not strong enough, possession type, to be a number one receiver. Le'Veon's tremendous. But but signing a stud running back without an offensive line is just banging your head against the wall. And it's nothing Gase can be judged on. So... I know it's the easy thing to do, the cool thing to do, to bash Gase. You know, he went 25-27 in Miami, players didn't like him, he's a loser, blah, 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 blah. I know it's the cool thing to do. I'm not in love with the guy. I wanted a different guy as head coach, but I'm going to be fair. I'm going to look at the film, I'm going to break it down, I'm going to live in reality. You can't judge him yet. Give him a shot. Joe Douglas, Alex Lewis at guard... Tremendous job. And this is going to be an issue, by the way. Osemele, I told everyone, Osemele, he has an injury history, folks. He's not a savior. He's a good guard. When he comes back, I do not want to see Alex Lewis on the bench. Alex Lewis, 
has been their best offensive lineman. So that's going to be interesting. Gase on the conference call today. Beecham has an ankle. He's day-to-day. Harrison, they think he's going to be back. Uh, Hewitt, Neville Hewitt has a stinger. He's day-to-day. You remember the injury with that where you hit Prescott? Yeah, Jonathan Harrison has a knee possibly returning this week. Mosley, Gase, quote, looking looking for him to practice this week. They need Mosley for the Patriots. Herndon is progressing, feeling better. Gase, quote, returning sooner rather than later. I think Herndon's going to miss the Pats, but be back. Beecham, Shell, even though the line is bad, the one thing you could say, they have depth. They have three tackles, they have three guards, they have two centers. It's pretty deep. So on the injury front and getting healthier, Henry Anderson, I, I missed what they said about Henry Anderson. Um, but yeah, don't judge Gase yet. Relax. Calm down. This was the official opening weekend for the Jets. Greg Williams, you got to love what you see from Greg Williams. I love what I see from the guy in practice every day. They got some players on defense. They need corners badly. They probably have the best safety duo in the league. Jamal Adams is the best safety in the league. He has Hall of Fame talent. Marcus May is a tremendous center fielder. Tremendous tackler, as evidence as evident against Dallas. Tremendous in the cover three, center field. Uh, cover one, playing center field. He's tremendous. Corner's an issue. Edge rusher's an issue. I like Kyle Phillips. Basham's okay. Copeland's okay. Copeland's got to get in the mix more a little next week. Jordan Jenkins better against the run. Uh, we discussed Quinnen, Leo, Fatukasi. They got some players. Not complete. Greg Williams really did it with, you know, not a full host of players and not the most talent in the world, but he got it done against a good Dallas Cowboys offense without Amari Cooper, without their starting two left uh, two tackles. So you got to love what you see from Greg Williams. Le'Veon, what could you say? Uh... I love the Vincent Smith kid. I love that kid. Ryan Griffin, solid job. But the real takeaway is Sammy D. Number 14, Sam Darnold. When one player makes such a drastic difference like this, you know you have something special on your hands. Listen, don't crown him. No one should crown him. Kids get crowned way too early in this social media age. Odell Beckham Jr. got crowned after making a almost meaningless one-handed catch in the regular season for a losing team. Social media went nuts. He became the social media king of the NFL. The most meaningless... I, I hate myself if I had that tag. I want to be known for making the tremendous clutch catch that wins my football team the game over social media crap and one-handed nonsense that makes the kids lose fundamental ground when they're coming up and playing sorry it's just reality don't crown Darnold but when watching the film when watching the the uncoachable traits he brings forth his movement in the pocket his sixth sense his throw in the run ability his three-step ability folks wide receiver screens it's a big difference between Falk and Darnold you don't think so right you think any QB could throw a wide receiver screen it's not true Different arm angles, the quickness, reading the defense, knowing when and how quickly you have to get rid of it, it's real. And that's what this league is now. It's a three-step, pre-snap, scan and read the defense and determine the matchups pre-snap. That's what Tom Brady does so well. And that's what Darnold is learning to do. And Gase is helping him do it. 
But for this day, hold judgment on Gase and understand what you have in Sam Darnold, a special player.